Hi, I'm Jerry Gerard, and I'm not immortal, but neither are you. Hey, it's Jerry. Have you ever bought a new car? And as soon as you buy that new car, everybody else has that new car. It's like, how many people have, have the exact same car as me? How weird is that? And of course, nothing has changed. The only thing that changed is that you notice it more because you have one too. I've been thinking about this concept of mortality and how it should drive our behavior on a regular basis. And everywhere I turn, there's basically another example of people who are kind of thinking the same things, who've had the same idea. And interestingly enough, I now see that this has been something that's been kind of grappled with for centuries. So here's the story of my new car moment. I was giving a speech. I was invited to talk at the, uh, my company's Toastmasters chapter. I gave a speech about the fact that we're all creatives and uh, something I have come to rather recently. And one of the reasons that I do this podcast and write uh, on the blog is because I came to realize that, like most of you, I also have creativity and something to say. And life is too short to say, I wish I did that podcast, or I wish I wrote that book, or I wish I, I wrote that song, or I wish I learned to play guitar. It goes on and on and on. After the, after the actual speech, a woman came up to me and said, you know, I've worked with you for a while. I didn't know you were a stoic. And I was offended. I was like, well, I'm not set in my ways and, and emotionless. Come to find out that there's more than one definition of that word. So I had always viewed stoic as the person who basically is a stiff upper lip kind of person in the face of pain or in the face of any kind of uh, hardship. They just hide their emotions under this kind of veneer of toughness. But there's a whole other definition that I was completely oblivious to that was around discipline and um, kind of adherence, strict adherence to your own goals. And there's an entire philosophical movement that I totally had missed. I maybe should have paid more attention in school. But so I've come to realize, thanks to this kind of offhanded comment, that there's a whole world out there that is basically set up to answer the same question that this podcast was created for was, given the fact that we don't have unlimited time, how do we make sure we do kind of the best possible things and make the most of the time that we have. So there's a website called The Daily Stoic. They do a podcast every day that's been very helpful. I started this podcast not knowing anything about the Stoics. Now I feel a little bit like an imitator. So be it. I'm glad I found them because there's a lot of really interesting stuff out there. I would recommend it. My guest today is Patrick Lewis. I met Patrick through an alumni group for a program called the Alt-MBA. The Alt-MBA is created by Seth Godin, and it's kind of an adult, it's hard to explain, but it's a uh, it's kind of an adult education forum where you're kind of called to do more or to ask more of yourself. It's, it's been a pretty amazing experience. So I met Patrick through the Alt-MBA, and he was gracious enough to agree to come on. Here's my conversation with Patrick. The, the question I always ask at the beginning of these is the, is the obvious question, which is, are you going to die? I am going to die. <laughs> so far, we're batting a thousand on that question. Do you find that that fact 
emerges in your consciousness regularly or is it kind of in a box in the corner? Great question. It is a regular part of my thinking. It is. It hasn't always been, uh, but it is currently. And if you were to ask my family about that, they would roll their eyes a little bit and say, oh, dad is always talking about dying or death or whatever it is. So it's, it's, a, uh, it's a constant in my life for sure. Do you find that its presence constantly is, uh, is causing dread or stress or is it causing motivation or is it causing a combination or something different? So it doesn't cause me any stress at all. You know, I mean, it did when I was younger, I'm sure, right? When you had to think about, I'm really going to die someday. Uh, now it is, you know, it is a reminder. You know, I lost my dad last year. And so Sorry. Um, nah, I appreciate that. But, but uh, you know, I don't know how you say that. It was a good death. You know, he lived a really good life and, and it kind of gave me, uh, some additional perspective on the concept because it makes you think, right? You know, it's coming. So how do you want to live in the face of that? So so for me, it kind of affects the way that I think almost every day in a, in a couple of ways. The, the two big ways I think would be uh, in the things that I choose to stress over. I am, I'll go there constantly. You know, in my mind, if there are things or conversations that are, uh, driving you to stress, especially if they're about the future and things that you can't control and all of those, it helps me come back to my perspective, which is in the grand scheme of things, how serious is it? Most of this isn't going to matter anyway, because we're all going to die, you know, at the end of the day, is this really that big a deal? And the second way is that I use it to you know, those of us that are in, came through Alton BA, right? You're you're probably a tools person like I am. So I use it as a tool to to help me stay motivated. You know, I will tell my wife sometimes. You know, I I I feel like we're in the second half of our life. You only have so much time, and we really need to pay attention to how you spend it. And so there are little things like, you know, hey, let's watch this movie that we've already watched before. <laughs> where I find myself now just going, I already know that movie. I know that it's good, but am I willing to give it two more hours out of what, I mean, it's, it almost, it's almost funny when you think about it, but I certainly, I do. I put it in that perspective and just think, is this what I want to spend, you know, this amount of time on? I mean, I think a lot about people talking about midlife and they think about that as something that people, hit in their 50s. And I've just turned 50, for example. And and I don't know what math they're using, but I don't know how, I mean, <laughs> statistically, I feel like, you know, if, if we get, you know, 80 years, that's a pretty good average, I think, based on the current numbers. And so I don't know yeah. why we wait till 55 to think that's the, it seems a little optimistic of us, you know, like we have more time <laughs> than we do. So when you say you're in it the does. second half, that's probably... You know, statistically accurate. Right, some place yeah. in there. Right? Some place in there. It's probably not going to be twice this. Yeah. Unless, unless they come up with some pretty cool stuff in science. You know, one of the, <laughs> which yeah. which could happen. But you know, the thing that you think about along that along that exact same line is, you know, for me being in the second half, it's easy. You look around and you look at people and, and it seems like a lot of people start to slow down, right? You start to think about, okay, you know, retirement and, you know, that kind of thing. And, and 
you know, you look at it and you think some of the most successful people in the world didn't even really start until now because you don't even know anything really until you're 50. <laughs> and so now that you know some stuff, you know, that you can apply, what are you going to do with that? Are you really going to just, are you really just going to take that with you to the golf course and not share it with anybody? You know, when you, when you have a limited amount of time left, it's, it's, uh, it's funny to me. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And I think uh, I also hear a lot of people uh, say, I'm too old for, and then fill in the blank. Yeah. And I, I wonder if that's a decision because they're just afraid to try something new. I mean, I don't, I, at my age, and I, I feel like we're in a similar age area that, that You're still doesn't, a baby. There's, not, there's not a whole lot that I physically couldn't do. So this notion I'm too old for X is just a self-limiting kind of excuse, I find. It is. I, I will tell you, though, I'll tell you a story about me. The, uh, and it's all about me. The, um, <laughs> I went through a period like that. I had some surgery about seven years ago for uh, some back stuff that I had. So they went in through my neck and they took out a couple of discs. And, you know, it was a pretty horrible year. For the most part, and you, you know, you spent a lot of time sitting around and not being able to do things. And so your body starts to really act up and tighten up on you. And so there were, uh, there was a period for a couple of years where I found myself saying that all the time, like, well, I guess that's what 58 feels like. Cause you know, your body gets used to not moving a certain way. So you don't move that way anymore. And your body right. starts to adjust and compensate. And just a couple of years ago, one day I was like, I just if this is really my second half and I feel like I'm going to do, you know, another 30 at least, is this really going to be it? It can't be. Right. You know, and that kind of got me back to the place of saying, well, I think a lot of that is in my head. You know, I'm saying that it's the easy way out. I think I need to push it and see what I'm actually uh, capable of. So the, that's also a joke in the family, right? They're, everybody wakes up on Saturday and dad's gone and they're like, oh, dad's probably off you know, run another 5k or whatever it is. Just, and I do, right? I, <laughs> by the time they get up in the morning on Saturdays, half the time, you know, I'm coming back all muddy and, you know, tired. They aren't pretty, but I certainly <laughs> get out there. When you think about um, people who may be listening that are younger, I mean, you've already provided some advice in, in story form with regard to, you know, use it or lose it type of, of things as far as advice. Is there anything else sure. that you would think of that would be you, you basically get on a rooftop and shout to the younger you or you, people that are younger than us? Yeah, so that I love that question. You know, I know that when I was younger, if I put myself in that place, I know that when I was younger, I didn't think about there was nothing positive about the thought of that you're going to die. You know, it, it, it uh, but there's a lot of positive to it. You know, if you, if you imagine, you know, if I could put myself in that place when I was that young and just imagine that what your life would be like if you didn't know that you were going to die, right? If it was never going to end and you could just do whatever you wanted for as long as you wanted and it didn't matter and you didn't have any time limits or whatever it was, how, how much less your life would mean. And I think that the earliest, the, the earlier that you can get your mind around it, not in a negative way, but in a way to help you focus in on what you're really supposed to be doing here, what you really care about, what you're really willing 
to spend or waste your time on when you, you know, one of the, the, the most interesting things that I've seen over the past years is, um, I can't think of what his name is, but he does the web, the, the website, uh, wait, but why he did this, uh, interesting drawing where he drew out all of the, a square representing a week or something like that of his life. And, you know, from beginning to end and then started to color them in and show what you had and talk about the fact that by the time you're 20, you are going to, you've spent 80% of the time that you're going to spend with your parents. Wow. And you don't even think about that, right? You just leave and go off and do your thing. And so this whole concept of breaking down your life into these squares as a way to now say, I know that I have a finite amount of time left. Is this worth it? Right? Is, is it worth giving up this hour, this two hours or whatever it is, uh, knowing that that's what you have? And I don't say that to mean, you know, turn into to Gary V, right? It's got to be work 24 hours a day or whatever it is. It should be on purpose. And I think that, that that kind of thinking, the earlier you have it, allows you to do things on purpose. And having that as a, as a thing to go back to in your mind when you, are, when, when you feel yourself going into a dark place. Most of this stuff, you know, I tell my kids this all the time, like, most of this stuff, I know how it feels in the moment. But just pull yourself out for a second. Most of this stuff does not matter. It just doesn't, right? In the grand scheme of your life, it doesn't matter. So how much time are you going to give it? That's absolutely true. So that you can spend the majority of your life in a positive space. So that would be my tidbits. No, and that's, yeah, thank you. The Kind of on that, in that same vein, it's very easy to not only just get caught up in drama, which is always fun, but it's also... It's also easy to get caught up in what's next and tomorrow and next week. And yes. um, so it's all the todays fly by in a blur because you're always trying to get ready for the next thing. Do you have any experience or have you had any good luck or tools or tips with regard to how do I hang on to now? How do I make sure I keep myself in the present so I don't just lose a week in, a, in the blink of an eye? Yeah, great, great question. So... I think about it constantly. So I, I will say that, you know, one, one little story that I'll throw in there is that because I think about it so constantly and because I lost my dad last year, you know, and that kind of thing, I took uh, a trip last year in December to Israel with my mom, as me and my mom and 80, not 80, 40 church ladies. <laughs> and as I left to get on the plane, that was my my thought to myself, right, is this time right here, it could be the last time that I see her because you just don't know. And so how am I going to spend that time? And so just constantly focus. And it was the most amazing time that I've ever spent with my mother ever. And it was 10 days. In terms of tools, the way that I keep myself thinking about it is um, I follow Stoic philosophy for sure. And so one of the tools that I use is I read the Daily Stoic every morning as part of my morning routine. If you look at my stuff, I read the Daily Stoic and then I do my journaling. Those two together allow me or, or keep me centered because that's what I use them for, right? At the beginning of the day, before I get caught up in my email and all the stuff that's going to happen, I want to actually get centered on what's important. And the Daily Stoic is pretty good about reminding you that you're going to die. 
you know, it's a central theme, right? Is remember that and live your life in that way. And so I use that. And then when I journal, it's about presence for the most part. That's what I'm trying to do is figure out before all the craziness happens, how do I actually want to spend the day and draw myself back, you know, into that. And then I, you know, I'm a little fanatical about my daily plan, which maps to, you know, one of the most important things that I want to get done today, uh, et cetera. But it all starts in, in the morning with my stoic, my journaling, and then my uh, meditation. But if you don't mind, with regard to your journaling, a lot of people attack that different ways. Uh, my wife, for example, has something very, very minimalistic where she's, it's like one line or two lines sure. for the whole day. But would you mind sharing a little bit about, are you, do you journal at length? Do you journal the past? Do you journal the future? Is there, are there any rules to your process there? I love, I, I love that question. The reason why I love that question is because... I, I have, you know, if you look over here in my office, I have 50, you know, journals with three pages written in them where this was going to be the year, right, where I'm going to start journaling. You know, I wanted, I thought it was the greatest idea ever, but I could never keep myself engaged and, uh, you know, in it long term because you're just sitting there. What am I going to journal about? <laughs> you know, plus they look so good in the store, right? I'm that guy when you're in the store and like, if I had that journal, then I would be journaling. But <laughs> so what I did was I bought, you know, from a, I listened to a lot of Tim Ferriss. I bought the five minute journal to start with just to see if I could do it. And the thing that I loved about the five minute journal is it gives you a format for both, right? For both your morning entry and your evening entry. And it's very simple, right? If you look at the top, the first question is, uh, you know, what am I grateful for? Perfect way to start the day. And then, you know, what, uh, what would make today a, a great day? You know, and so you're just, you're thinking and planning around your day. And then at the end of the day, you come back and you say, you know, what was great about what happened today? So you know, then, you know, if I could do one thing different tomorrow, you know, what would it be? Or what would I do a little bit better or whatever? So you're offloading. And so I did that for about two years, just kept buying them once every six months because it was so easy and you just got to this habit of doing it and I got great value from doing it. And then a couple of years ago, I said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off and see if I can do it myself. And so now I use that process as my fallback. I don't always do it that way. Sometimes I wake up and I've got something on my mind. And in that day, it'll be more like morning pages, right? I'm just like, you know, I need to do this better and think about that better and remember to thank this person or whatever it is. And it's just a page of whatever I'm thinking about. Uh, and then on other days, if I don't have something specific to think about, I'll go right back to that format. I'll start off and say, you know, what are three things that I'm grateful for? And I'll go through that to get myself in the mode. If today we're going to be a great day, what would it be? And I'll write about that. And then I have this little thing that I do where I like to have a list of words for the day to kind of center myself. You know, who do I want to be in the world? And so I'll have things like uh, mindful to remind myself that I want to be mindful that day. I might have thoughtful. I might have um, uh compassionate you know uh, i try to key in on the things that i know that i'll need or things that i'm working on like i'm not a very organized person in real life 
So that shows up every morning, right? Just to remind myself, you know, today, try and be an organized, thoughtful, you know, disciplined person or whatever it is. So I'll have four or five words that I put in there. And that's my last thought before I go off into my meditation. I like how, in, like you said, in your real life, as if this is not your real life. <laughs> you know, that, that's, a, that's a funny comment because what, what, I, what I find is that I like the person that I am, but I'm certainly not the person that I want to be, right? I'm not sure that you'll ever be. And so my wife will ask me, you know, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? And she'll say, you know, you're, you always have the exact right answer and you know, whatever it is. And I don't know how you do that. What I try to tell her is, you know, it's certainly easy to think about the right thing to do and what I would want to do in that situation. That's how I think about it, right? I would, if, if somebody did this to me, I would want to respond that way. And I think the more that I think that way, the more likely I am to do it when the time comes, but I'm certainly not, <laughs> you know, you know, above getting pissed and flipping somebody, you know, <laughs> um, so and then one last quick question about your meditation. So a lot of people are interested in meditation, but they're not exactly sure how to get their foot in the door. Yep. So I've also been trying, but I'm, again, I'm like a baby in this process. Can you talk a little bit about the way you, you kind of approach that and then uh, what you would suggest for somebody who's maybe just starting out? Yes. So I'll go to the second question first, which is if you're just starting out, definitely go with either uh, headspace because it's awesome, right? Just short, easy way. You don't have to think about what you're doing and get all caught up in it. It just kind of guides you through it from the beginning, you know, and it's five minutes at the beginning, right? Just to get yourself there and you don't have to worry about it. And it tells you how to think about it. So I did that uh, to really get deeper into meditation so that I'd have a process. Uh, and there are a couple of other things like that, but if Guided meditation is the way to start if you don't know how to do it. Otherwise, you'll just sit there and get mad at yourself. <laughs> and my mind is moving too much, and you know, but it's just hard to get yourself to go. It's okay, right? Just let that thought go. I haven't failed. That's part of the work. So I would say that I now meditate in different ways depending upon depending upon how I'm feeling. You know, at a certain time, I will often just do a a 20 minute breathing meditation. And, and the, the purpose of that is just to empty my head, right? And, and let go of the stress and the worry and clear my mind and just be, just be for a minute. And in a 20 minute meditation for me, some days there will be three minutes that are awesome. And some days there will be 17 minutes that are awesome, right? It just kind of depends on the day and that's all part of the work. And, and sometimes I will do a, uh, a body scan meditation because I find those, it's easy to really distract yourself in a body scan meditation. So listen to one first so you know what you're doing or a couple or just have someone guide you through it. But be, because you're not asking yourself to actually stop thinking, mm -hmm. you're just thinking about one specific thing. I find those to be easy if I'm really, really uh, distracted and need some help. Yeah, I, as I said, I'm new, and I, uh, during that body scan thing, I got really cranky because the, the the guided <laughs> voice said, "Unclench your forehead," and I'm like, "You don't know me," and I'm like, "Oh wait, she's right." <laughs> How did she know I was all like scrunched up yeah. in my? Or like, yeah. 
she'll say, put your shoulders down. Like my shoulders. Oh, wait a minute. She's right. Got me. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's amazing how much mm-hmm. you walk around not knowing how you're either hunched over or totally like rigid with yes. uh, kind of pent up stress. And, and yes. Uh, and we're like that most of the time, right? You're, you're sitting there. You're just sitting there, right? right? Getting ready to start this meditation. When would you be more relaxed? And then you yeah. start thinking about it and you're like, well, I guess my shoulders are hunched up. And what is that? You know, and you feel completely different. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it's completely amazing. Well, listen, I, I really can't thank you enough. This conversation has been uh, not only entertaining, but I think we have a ton of, of really exciting tips. And I'm going to go through and, and all the things that you mentioned, I'll put links out there so that people can find them. Uh, I, just, uh, I just think this has been super enlightening. and I really thank you for your time. Absolutely. I appreciate you even thinking to ask me. Uh, it was a, uh, you know, goes goes into my <laughs> my concept of what are you going to do? Take it with you. So I appreciate you giving me a chance, and thank you, and good luck. Thanks so much for listening to the Not Immortal podcast. My name is Jerry Gerard. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at, at Jerry Gerard. You can also follow the show at the website notimmortal.com. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes. Overcast and Stitcher and Spotify and all the other places you can get podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.